0: Where the pavement ends Pavement ends can end anywhere Or start Or start anywhere That's deep Ooh, What starts? What ends? What ends? A lot of hunting trips kind of start when you hit the dirt road Kind of correlated to uh, Never mind You're not allowed to open a beverage Just because you're on a dirt road legally Coke, Some call. people do. I've heard they do do that, though. 7-Up? <laughs> yeah. You have a Coke? Yep. Your trip definitely ends with a uh, session around the meat grinder. <laughs> a little play on uh If you're successful. If you're successful.
1: Or your friends are successful. Bubba came over the other day. Uh, can I use your uh, meat stuff so I can grind up my elk? <laughs> yeah.
0: To- What ended up? I never really Clay and you guys can even attest to it more, but the how much ground meat you really end up with, and 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 I mean, you know, take American almond beef, you only get so many steaks, you only get you know so many tomahawk ribeyes, and you know so many rib steaks, and so many New Yorks, and then you get hundreds of pounds of ground meat right I mean and and the same goes for a deer or an elk' it's like you get the those real choice cuts of meat, you get that backstrap, you get that tenderloin, you know, you get those steaks off of the shoulders and shanks or whatever, and then you end up with this pile of lesser cut meat, right? It's, it's either tougher or what fattier or you know, just an undesirable spot on the animal, I guess, neck meat and rib meat and stuff like that, that it's either gets turned into stew meat, which, you know, not everybody is going to make a, a stew, a slow cooked stew, right? Or So you get you got to grind it. So you, I, I don't know. We we never did it as, as when we were young, you know, or when I was young and my dad was butchering deer and stuff, we, we just didn't have a meat grinder. Like, you know, you're talking 30 years ago. They definitely existed, but they weren't in everybody's, you know, household repertoire of kitchen goods. Maybe you had a hand grinder. Maybe you had something that went on your mom's KitchenAid, but they just, they weren't out there like they are now. And it's, number one, it's it's good, right? We've talked about it on the show before. You Taco meat and meatloaf yeah, and hamburger yeah. and you guys make that, you know, breakfast sausage and all that stuff is, it's good. But it's... That's the majority of the meat, right? Is this stuff that you grind. And now with meat, meetyourmaker.com, and I can't remember their social media because it's different than, but they have an affordable commercial grade, you know, processing line. (laughs) Clay was dehydrating Carolina cross ghost pepper (laughs) hottest thing you could ever touch. I don't know why he's dehydrating them. Because no one on earth can eat this stupid to things. grind and then you can just put a little, yeah, a little no. dusting in there yeah you one uh you know flake of those peppers is all that anyone could ever handle, but you know dehydrate, freeze dry, grind, jerky guns, all that stuff that's where we're going with this meat give, it, give
2: us a quick breakdown on uh on bubba's bull what was your uh what was your total poundage
1: that we got. After mixing? Total, on the grind, yeah.
2: 122 pounds. 122 pounds, and what was your ratio? Pork fat, pork shoulder? 80 20. So 80 20. So 80% of what was it? 122? 120. So 120. Grindy, 100, 95 yeah, okay. pounds of ground up venison elk plus two back straps and, you know dozens of steaks there and tenderloins. And everything else was ground, right? Yeah. I find that pretty fascinating. I, I, an animal on the hoof that's 800 to 1,200 pounds. Get 150, meat, 150 pounds. Off of it, you get, you know, you figure, oh, those, those back straps are pretty big and heavy, but what do you figure, pounds. 30 pounds of, of yeah. back straps and tenderloins, 30, 35 pounds. pounds? That's pretty amazing. You get down to it the meat that you're going to consume. And that's again, you know, without the rib meat and all that, you know, being way back up on the mountain and taking out not much more than really what you want to carry out. You're going to get 150 pounds of pure protein off of a massive animal. like.
0: But that. like chances bull, we got the rib. So, I mean, but you're, you're not talking, but you, you're talking, you know, you're splitting hairs when you start talking about yeah. rib meat. But like you said, but when you, when you start to, break down what a 1200 pound animal is right you know you you put his horns and skull on your back it's heavy yeah and then all the bones that go with it and then that cape a lot of people i think underestimate how much oh freaking especially on an elk is. i mean it's so much and they're wet you know what i mean it's different when they're dried out and all that you know taxidermy when you're talking a wet cape you know and then you know dumb stuff the hooves and you know it's just yeah it all adds up to a like you said a 700 800 thousand pound animal but yeah when you get it all broke down to what you can consume 150 pounds about
2: 10 percent of it 10 to 15 yeah. percent of it is what you consume
0: so what do you think comes off an antelope how much <laughs> 45 pounds man, 35 40 pounds well, right
2: let me think back to chances oh, the guts, antelope two we years ago. About? well yeah the guts is a big part of the weight uh because all that water you yeah. know water is heavy so wherever all that water is at
0: and most of them eat vegetables right so you got water soaked Fiber, yeah, you know, heavy.
2: I want to say on chances antelope, we ground up uh thirty-five. I think it was thirty-five packages. We got thirty-five pounds of grind off of that.
0: And you kept the backstraps as steaks,
2: backstraps and tenderloins. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry i I ground up the backstraps. Well, one, I can't quite remember. I one or the other. I ground I, I ground up the tenderloins, which that's very little that's, meat on it. An yeah, animal. nine ounces of meat. But with yeah, yeah. the steaks that we kept were the backstrap steaks, and then. 35 pounds of the rest of that animal. Yeah. So, if you think about it from that perspective, 35 pounds on a pronghorn antelope to 150 pounds on a, on a, that, there, there's your ratio right there. Yeah. <laughs> but it is pretty, when you start getting into it, it's something, like you said, We none of us grew up doing it for, I'm sure, various reasons. I think just the economics of getting an, an industrial grinder. Right. Back in the 80s. It was unheard the technology of. technology wasn't. It um, was unheard of. Chad's godfather or dad's best friend is a butcher. And even with, you know, if you think of him not being as part of part of our life, um, you know, he had very few other options, but him butchering up that animal, um, you knew you were getting as much of the meat off of that thing as possible. But I don't think there was ever even consideration when we were kids
0: to grind up the meat.
2: No. You know, you you, you did roasts and stews and steaks and...
0: Those were your options, and, and the, the the lesser cuts were stew meat or jerky meat, or.
1: But then, really, if you think about, it, at the end of the year, you you know you kill you kill another one the next year. You go back in that freezer what's left over.
0: All that shit, a so lot of use that use stuff. My stuff yeah. you generally a lot of right. the
1: stuff that stuff, you know, freezer burnt. So stuff we should being have able jerky. to process it yourself and grind up. I mean, quick, we did, like I said, one hundred twenty-two pounds of meat, if. Me and him, from we making the bags to grinding to filling the sealing the bags.
0: Four hours. We said three. It's I mean, it was it was it was quick, less than six, efficient. less than five. Yeah, it was, yeah, and, and that's with and that's with Bubba drinking five Budweiser and, and making clay, the bags, four though, tequilas.
1: You know. But, the rolls of bags take – I mean, that oh. takes a long time to, you know, sit there and cut them to size and seal. They have, you know, certain sizes with, you know – Pre-done. Are pre-done,
0: yeah. Our um, intention is not to talk about this, but I do want to say it's also fun, right? I mean, that's – butchering yourself, and I've done it with, you know, when Frankie killed his bull a couple years ago, I went over, met him at his house, and, and you know, you do the cutting. It, it's – it's cool you know you're socializing you're having a beer you're you know that that guy that comes and helps you leaves with a few packets of ground meat i hope or whatever a couple steaks but it just it's part of the experience it's part of the fun
2: yeah and i just going back to the whole provider part of it i mean that you harvested that animal and you literally had firsthand knowledge of where that meat came from and that that makes it satisfying as a hunter to begin with but yeah the, the the, the grind part of stuff with this, with this product is it's so easy and so efficient that, I mean, how can you not sit down at dinner that night and enjoy it that much more than just having something you bought from the store?
1: Well, no, but that, that is with how the world is right now, it kind of gets to what we want to talk about today is the way the world is right now. When you, you know, you're going to the store And you don't have toilet paper and you don't have meat and there's meat shortages and people are striking because there's mass mandates and they're not grinding, you know, making the meat and there's farmers trying to raise money to build their own plants because they're getting screwed at, at the facilities. And there's all these weird things going on. There's more and more people getting into hunting and wanting to know where their food comes from and having the ability to provide for their families on their own dime and on their own accord you know not only does it make you feel good to to do that man or woman to be a provider um but a lot of people are getting into hunting not just because they think it's cool but almost out of necessity anymore it's kind of going back to caveman mentality where i don't know if i c- can rely on a store to provide me what i need anymore the, the,
0: you just you just touched on what i was going to say is that i, I personally You, I don't want to feel dependent, you know, you're, you're going to be dependent on a doctor or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? You're not going to do self dentistry, but I'm not going to be dependent on food, right? So we saw how fragile our world really is with the last two years that literally we've allowed our government to become so strong that they can cut you off at the, at the throat with, you know, the snap of a finger. They can make deal? it so you you, and it's it's the humans panic. You know why on earth people bought so much toilet paper? I don't know. <laughs> never but figure that one out, right? Never, you'll never figure. You know, I guess there's such an inherent fear of having an itchy butt that that people bought up all the toilet paper. But it show, I, I do really I you. do recall going to Sam's Club, and literally there was no meat left in an entire Sam's Club, and. I never, I never downplayed what we went through or what we were going through at the time. What we're still going through today, six hundred days later, fifteen days to flatten the curve. But the day that I was at Sam's Club and saw that there was no meat left, I went, "Wow, we're really in a weird spot right now." Never did I go, "Oh my God, I'm going to starve to death because I'll go kill something." And that's the that's. But we take for granted the majority of the population does not know. I'm not saying the majority of the population couldn't grab their grandpa's deer rifle and shoot something and kill it, but then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's there's a lot more to it than being able to take something's life. I mean, and, and you know, even even guys that bird hunt and, you know, whatever they, they don't they don't have the if someone doesn't teach you how yeah, to what's next? field dress an animal, you know, you you don't you, it's not something in your instincts. I mean, it's not like you're going to go, okay, I'm going to get to work here and start skinning. The, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't figure it out, but if you don't know how to do it and somebody didn't teach you how to do it, I could see where people would be getting real scared about no food on the shelves. Oh, yeah.
1: It just shows, like you said, it shows you how complacent we've got to just allow everything to be handed to us and, and readily available to us Right. and not being able to be self-sufficient. and I, I try as much as possible not to go to the store, I'm not having to go to the store. The only thing I go to there basically is for vinegar. You <laughs> don't want to make
0: vinegar yet? Vine-
1: <laughs> vine- vinegar and salt can I was gonna say. It can cure a lot of stuff and make it last a long time. So if you are able to get the right equipment, and obviously, yes, partners and people like me make it easier and, and more enjoyable and quicker and faster and everything about it, uh, but that ability you know, it people are wanting to do it more and more. And we've been getting questions on Instagram and um from from let's say the other side, liberal, Democrat, whatever, um how not only why it used to be or or not even agreeing with us why we do it, but now they're like, hey, can you show me it, started, started, it, it started as it the why and now it's the how how and mm-hmm. like can I eat that? They'll come over. Hey, let me... They'll, they'll want to eat it now. Then just, to, you know, try to get into it. Little by little, I've seen more of my friends that are on that side kind of, hey, take me out shooting. Take me... We, 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 do you have some extra meat that I can try? And so I see that happening more and more where they want to live off the land. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's not a new concept for hunters and conservationists. We've been doing it forever. Um, And I'm not saying... Better or worse, but I'm just saying that they're coming over, and there's going to be more and more people wanting to do it. So, we've been getting questions on how a lot lately. But before we get into that, do you know the hardest part of the uh 15 days to flatten the curve? What to get through the first two
0: years? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I literally saw a thing the other day, and this was a few days ago, so the number's higher. Five Day 599 of 15 days to flatten the curb. Okay, my ears are already getting I, I, hot. Shut I don't, up. I, I don't want to get into it. I do. I really do. I, and, and How, the, what's but, his name? I what's won't. his
2: name? Step down the NIH director, but Fauci's still around.
1: Yeah, but he has not. Well, they not, were eating no, dogs or something. When he,
2: when he falls, I think things will.
1: It has nothing to, to do with anything, though. He just had time come. He wanted to move on something else. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah right. Anyway, let's not get into that. Let's not get, into get into that. what we're going to get into. Why is, and well, how people can get into doing what we're doing. Specifically, Regardless.
0: we were asked, "How do you? How do you? How do you get into?" If if I didn't have it, you know, we we were fortunate enough. Our dads got us into hunting. Yeah, and that that's specifically kind of what this question said was. I I didn't have someone get me into hunting and now I'm 35 years old. I want to start hunting and I, I I'm generalizing and I'm, I'm not giving you a specific question, but that's the gist of it. Right. Yeah. Is my dad didn't take me out when I was eight years old. You know, I, I grew up in San Francisco, California. I moved to, you know, Billings, Montana, and I want to go hunting. And, 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 and I, I specifically said, Let's discuss the broad strokes of yeah. hunting. And, I mean, you could interpret hunting in a, in, a, in many different ways. Hunter Guys hunt. like us predator hunt and, and you know, waterfowl hunt and upland game hunt and big game hunt. Fish. Fish. Whatever it is. Turkey hunt. There, there's all sorts of – but – I, I the, uh,
1: see where you're going with it, and there's two things that I would say right off the top that come to my head is – I mean, we all know you gotta learn, you know, firearm safety and and or bow and arrow um, archery, you know, practice, getting into that, whatever you decide you wanna get into. But the first, I would say two things you need to do is one, find uh, an organization, SCI, um, NRA, Ducks Unlimited, all these different conservation groups have classes, have groups that you can reach out to and kind of like mentorships, um, information, information, um, and or have friends of friends of friends that hunt. And most hunters are more than willing. They're not going to share the, the, <laughs> the mountain where they kill the most chucker, but they're more than willing, most likely to get, point you in the right direction. And the first thing about that, you don't have to go kill right away. You don't have to go learn, be the best hunter. I say the first thing that you probably should do is, you know, do some education, reading and and stuff like that, but just go out on a trip, be, be part of camp, volunteer to be a packer, volunteer to be a packer, volunteer just to go hang out at camp and, or maybe go on the hunt and walk around and see what it's about. You don't have to be a part of the killing right away per se, because most people that, you know, if you go on a buddy's hunt, you're going to maybe get, you know, 10 pounds of meat at the end of that, you know, to say thanks. So, just to be there and be a part of it, you'll see that lifestyle that uh you're wanting to get into,
2: yeah, and just to, to add on to that thinking about the reverse part of it, we got into it. When we were kids just naturally without even thinking about it, so you mentioned a thirty five year old guy wanting to get into hunting. well, if he's got kids, go take a hunter safety class yeah right not not your kid, both of you mm-hmm. right go that 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 to me it was Got to think. Other than going out camping and 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 hunting, that's one of your early memories of being introduced to firearm safety and all that is through a hunter's safety and education. You class. do that, and, I think, in most states. And you you have to do it. So yeah. why not? I mean, that's if you're looking for a place to start, why not get your kid involved? You know, your 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 boy or girl or both of them, and you all take that class together and. Yep. You know, if your kids wanting to do something like that, it's gonna it's gonna snowball and make you want to get into it, or vice versa. Sometimes, what you what as your kids get a little bit older, they they tend to want to, you know, follow in their dad's footsteps, so to speak, and they're going to get interested in it too. So that, to me, that's a that's a good starting point is getting involved in some kind of hunter safety education class, and they're in every community, as far as I know, across the United States. So that's a that's a it's a good yep. spot.
1: Not only that, I, um. I'm sorry to interrupt if you're just what come in my head. I always think of the like on the face of it of hunting, right you're shooting, you're killing and for people that don't know anything and they just see a headline or they see a picture on Instagram and they get read a headline from some anti and if you're not into that lifestyle, you're going to more apt to believe that side or or have different views and most likely not the right views at least skewed views of why we do it and what really is involved. So I would encourage the people who are looking for it to do the, their own research, you know, and, and come up with their own views of why people hunt and search out, you know, the real reasons, not the headline reasons that you hear from the antis or whatever, but actually get educated in it to, to where if someone, you know, if you're coming, let's say from the liberal side and, you have a friend that goes, Oh my God, I can't believe you're going to go murder an innocent animal. Well, now you might be able to educate, and go, no, actually that's not what we do or they do. You know, I did. not I used to think that, Are You but,
0: trying to make my blood boil today.
1: <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm just saying, I think there's, there's, oh, you, I agree, you but have, I, I, you have I, to do certain things. Not just, you know, you want to go hunt? Yeah, let's go hunt. Let's go get our hunter safety. I guess if killed. you want to
0: make your blood boil, listen to those people. Yeah, I oh yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying like it,
1: That well that's my point is if, if the you, people are just going to accept that because that's what they've only heard or the hear their friends or the mainstream do. says to them you need to go okay let me back away from that and go do my own you know research which you should do in any subject but
0: when it comes to hunting there it's you're going to you're going to get a whole new <laughs> uh awakening when you get into the hunting world yeah. as far as that topic pertains yeah. because there are a lot of people out there and i mean there, there's the very ignorant that eat meat on a daily basis but feel that hunting is unethical or something because yeah. as long as the packing plant they don't see kills it, the yeah, cow exactly. it's okay you you guys that do it with your own weapons or whatever you guys are not okay you'll, you believe me you'll see those people every day the same people that you know it's okay to eat a fish but why would you eat that deer Why would you eat that, you know, sheep? It it boils. See, you're trying to, Clay. (laughs) I'm not going to talk
1: politics. I was just saying that you should do your own research (laughs) on why we hunt. But then you started talking about... When you do your own research, you're going to find out, especially if you have an open mind about it, you're going to find out that we do it for the right reasons. Yeah.
0: There's no... Unfortunately, you're going to find out that there is another side to what we do, which rears its ugly head from time to time to time. I don't know. I, I are, are, are a lot of things in the world are divided. And this is one of those things that also you're going to find is divided. And that's a But that is, it's key to talk about, you know, okay, you, you're going to be con,
1: conservation and hunting is, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to preach to you, but when that side Says, oh, you're just killing animals to kill them and do this. And you know, you're going to extinct, make them go extinct. Yeah. Here's just some numbers on certain couple animals from <laughs> 1900. Okay. White Delt deer population in 1900 it was 500,000. Now it's 32 million. Jeez. Ducks, ducks, 1901, almost uncountable. Now there's 44 million that are counted 1907 Rocky mountain elk 41,000. Now there's over 1 million wild turkeys, 100,000 in 1900. Now there's over 7 million, 7 million turkeys, pronghorn antelope 50 years ago. When we started doing the count on them, 12,000. Now there's over 1.1 million. So yes, there's other factors that go into that as far as their success of, of, um, you know, staying alive and stuff like that. But so hunters, ha- down to hunters have a, a lot to do with that, not just from killing them and k- getting out the week and, and keeping that going, but our dollars of hunting licenses That's and gas, gas and all the stuff that we put into it go into conservation as well. We d- we know. So I
2: the, I, the bighorn sheep, specifically the Nelson here in Nevada is an interesting one where I think the same kind of thing yeah. around 1900, around the turn of the century, they were dang near an endangered Exting, yeah. species. Yeah. And there's more of them now than they black probably bear, ever was. Black before. bear, here,
1: you know, didn't have a season until what six, eight years ago now, and now we can have a because successful management, you know. It, it, so I'm to say although I'm preaching up the you know you guys know what I'm talking about, but I'm to, that that point of doing getting into hunting for the right reasons and not being jaded because of a headline. On and top, if you are going to
0: get into hunting, be prepared to answer these questions. Yeah, be and, prepared and, to. And not be afraid to say yeah. Stand up, not for ashamed of it. I yep. do it
1: for conservation. I do it for family. I do it for fun. Yeah. I do it for okay say self self worth. I do it for you know all those the reasons why we do it. Um. But that's a, a big reason where you should start is you know know why you do it. Know why you want to get into it, not just get into
0: it. I don't want to get into it for that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a. It is a. Uh, yeah that's a that's a portion of it that as of late is a deterrent to people and I, and it, and it can be a deterrent to anything right i mean there you know there's people that'll tell you you shouldn't play football because really? contact sports are you know hard on the body in their uh you know gender uh inequalities there there's a negative viewpoint to i guess everything in life. And you're gonna you're gonna find it if you're if you're finding your way into hunting now, and if you're finding your way into hunting at a at a, a you know an older age, it's gonna be even worse for you. When I was 12 years old, no one ever said to me, "God, you're you're a jerk for killing that duck," but you're gonna hear you it at 35
1: social media. Exactly, that's part of it too. Kids, kids down those 35 year olds on the other side that are down in mommy's basement. It's true. Get to tell you, you know how wrong you are mm. from their mommy's keyboard. Exactly. Meatloaf!
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> that's true. but And it's it's unfortunate, but I guess you, that's something you got to learn too, right? If you're going to get into hunting and but it, you know, it's, taking, it's taking funny an to, animal's life. It,
1: the more and more that we, uh, social media is the downfall of American society, uh, I like I said. I find more and more people that are on that side that are coming around because they want to live off the land. They want to be a part of their you own be their own being. they you know they want to be free and loving and, and love the environment. And if you teach them and educate them that we're not the enemy, that that's what we do and have always done. If you're level headed, there I find it more and more on the people that I talk to. Face to face, not over the internet. Like I said, they're you know totally different when you're keyboarding it. Um, but face to face, if you can sit down and talk to somebody and, and give them, you might not change your mind and, and want to uh, hunt or do anything. I'm not trying to get anybody to hunting, but the people that can have a conversation about it face to face, they'll at least understand it and not you know maybe badmouth you to the next guy they you know talk to before that they might have, but if they are able to understand why you're doing it, then they're either going to get into it. But I find that a lot. Right now, there's more people trying to get into hunting and, and stuff and shooting, especially shooting.
0: shooting they big. see
1: that. that That's why there's a gun shortage. That's why there's an ammo shortage, because mm-hmm. there's
0: more and more people getting into it. Um, I saw something crazy. There was like a million new first-time gun buyers. Last Not last month, maybe the month before. Yeah. So think about that. Everyone's like, why is there an ammo
1: shortage? Okay, well, uh, me as a hunter, I have pistols and ARs and rifles and shotguns. I'm going to go buy my as much as I can, right? Four or five boxes of each of my guns, so I have the ammo for whatever I want to do. But let's just but say not toilet paper. But not toilet paper. But let's just say those one million new gun owners. What are they going to do? You not and just buy shoot your gun you gotta shot buy <laughs> the ammo, so let's just say each one of them buys two boxes yeah. that's two million more boxes of ammo that weren't being bought up last year from
0: us and they're and, buying and, you know they're they're just learning so you're not buying two boxes exactly you, know? you, you go out the first time you shoot a gun, you know you're you're excited you like it or you're practicing you know you're two three boxes and you go buy five more boxes yeah it's it's yeah. So, so
2: getting back to the kind of the beginning of this conversation. So we've established get involved with some sort of organization, hunter safety or mentor f- is yeah. something we've or talked about. Just of trying of to trying to kind of put some put some bullet points on it. If you have somebody that is in that lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, befriend them or start asking them questions, pick their brain. Those are two really good bullet points and then what you guys just got to which was I was Education. thinking the whole time well and then the gun part of it oh, that too, yeah. go out and, and purchase a gun or or bow and arrow fam- or whatever or any 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 weapon but or a family member are that start may be with into that arrow. <laughs> and you know and, that, and it, it it goes back to always back to the politics and stuff but a big part of the whole gun argument is most of the people who are so petrified and afraid of guns have never even held one Scene one, you know yeah. that, you know so you know, you're afraid of something that you really if you get familiarized with it, you're probably at least going to get past that that anxiety and that hesitation and i I think that's the third bullet point on what we're talking about is get yourself involved with a weapon I mean where do I start? should I buy a bow? you know I'm a starter I'm that thirty five year old guy I never grew up hunting I mean do do you start? What do you recommend? Do you start with a bow and arrow, a compound bow, a, a long bow? Do you start with a shotgun, a handgun, a pistol, or a, you know, a, a rifle, bolt action? Where do, what do you guys, where would you go from there? Because I think we would all agree that that's at some level. I can think just looking ahead in the conversation, I can think we've got to have that part of the conversation. And then I still think we've got to go back to the idea of taking an animal's life and what it means to harvest that animal. Um, you I know, mean, an example of of, of something that uh, my younger stepdaughter Emma is a nurse now, and I can remember back when she first started contemplating doing that. One of the best things, advice wise, that I could have given her was, you know, go volunteer somewhere and be around blood, be around some bodily fluids for a while, and find out actually if you can actually stomach it. First of all, because there have been people who really wanted to go into healthcare. And the first time they saw blood come out of somebody's arm and do a syringe, they passed out yep. and they would have never known without that experience. So it's the same kind of thing, you know, with the gun and the hesitancy and, and the fear what... of the unknown. Why not give yourself a, a chance to be exposed to it? See if it's actually for you. It's not for everybody, but I think the gun is what we got to discuss or the the weapon is what we have to discuss a bit. Now I think we do have to talk at least about the, the harvesting of an animal and what it what it well, takes that's why to, I said, to do what you why you want to do
1: it. Yeah, that's why I said originally is for that mentorship. Go go with somebody where you're not you don't have to shoot him right away, but you're going to be there in camp. You might be on the hill where okay, I'm looking at him butchering. Them. I'm looking at him you know cutting the meat out in the hindquarters off, and maybe okay if I'm okay with that, I can you know maybe give me the knife and let me try or you know. Little by little, you might not do it on your first, you might not do it on your second. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you get a go enough and be a part of it, like you're saying, familiarize with yourself, maybe by that third time, you'll want to shoot. Maybe you'll want to, you know, got the mountain. But for the first three times, you might
0: just be Camp Cook. I think that's what you're kind of talking about, right? Is that, you know, Emma wanted to be a nurse, so she started at a, you know, whatever maybe a, a lab where she was you know watching blood being drawn or whatever clay saying the same thing right you you might go elk hunting with clint you, you know you're not gonna pull the trigger but you you can come out and, you know watch me mm-hmm. scout watch me glass maybe you'll be able up on the hill when i shoot or mm-hmm. you can hike up after i get one and watch us skin it and break it down and all that stuff and just yeah, yeah it's just it, i mean see, it's the
1: mentorship it's, yeah it's, it's, mentorship it's a, watch it Watch Everything. it, see if it's in
0: your, in your uh, capability to, to handle, because it is not for everybody. Yeah, you
1: don't want to go buy a $3,000 rifle and a yeah. $1,000 scope and get all the camo and the bullet and all that stuff and go out the first time and you f- kill the first animal and go, oh, Shit. God.
0: I'm not Same sh- with, uh, I, you know, speaking uh, to what you're talking about, I, I, I think, you know, you start small game, you know, learn, learn how to bird hunt, shoot a duck, shoot a yeah. chucker, shoot a quail, shoot a dove. Rabbit, whatever whatever and and make sure number one you're all right with taking something's life you know which on a small scale you're because it is different man you you it kill a deer 100 percent sure you walk up to a 200 pound deer that you just killed and versus you know a dove if you didn't like the way it felt when a dove fluttered out of the sky when you shot it you're sure not going to want to watch a big game animal take its last breath you know so start small it would be my kind of 100 and same with. I've had people come to me and, you know, I want to bow hunt. We want to bow hunt right off the bat. It, number one, it's just you can do it, but it's going to be a very steep learning curve. You know, because. Yeah, be satisfied with just basically doing a lot of hunting. You might not be harvesting
2: yeah. for quite a while, you know, because that's. Every that, bit of an it is harder skill than. skill to it, sure. Than, than hunting with a gun. But that, you know, on that note, that's just a thought that got in my head. Maybe, you know, somebody who maybe is a bit hesitant when we're talking about blood and guts and killing an animal and taking a life. You know, maybe maybe that's that could be a good choice for somebody who's really hesitant there because the likelihood of them harvesting maybe their first five five times they went out aren't very good. So but they wanna have get a chance to, too though. Yeah. Sure, but at the same time there are people who one hundred percent would enjoy that experience. And hey, I didn't I struck out, so what, you know? So that, like, that's like not the, necessarily the guy, in my mind, it's not not a bad tip. What's really. the
1: cat's name up at seven Z? Remember he said oh, yeah. he'd Brand, been hunting Brandon or something like that.
2: He'd been, oh, the kid, yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: He'd been hunting for, and sure. got one antelope tag in, in however many years. And he was, lo- he loves it. You know? See, I see where you're coming Vogue from. tag that he, he, he <laughs> was out there
0: for the week chasing them and well, doing whatever. It, and think and about
2: getting... the, think about the flip side of that old grizzled hunter that's killed, you know, 50 different animals in their life and they're kind of done killing. They still love hunting. They love the idea of stalking an animal and being in the outdoors and, Watching the sunrise and the sunset and stuff, and it has nothing to do with taking an animal. I'll tell you, they'll they'll pass an animal unless it's that perfect one that they want, because it's not about killing it anymore. It's more about that the lifestyle and the. So I would imagine the other side of it, in in, in a way, archery hunting is not necessarily a bad tip. Is you know Paul?
0: It's difficult. Huh? Paul is his name. Old Paul. (laughs) Uh, I was just gonna say, you know. I think it's kind of like a bell curve, right? You're, you don't know anything about it and you really get into it. And then as you get older in life, killing is... You're back to mentoring. You want to mentor, you don't want to go, you want to mentor. You could could care less, right? I mean, it's one thing if you, you know, if you've got an affinity for trophy hunting, you know, or you, you, you obviously, you know, if you're going to put in an effort to kill a 200 inch deer and you see it, you're not going to go, ah, you're going to do it. But, you know, a guy like Gary Holt, He's got a great game room. Yep. He ain't, ain't going to go out there and just do it to do it. You know, he he it's either going to be something very special and unique, or he's just happy being there experiencing a hunt that has nothing to do with killing something. He probably won't kill something. You know I, what and I mean? It, it goes, I mean, not only just because it was family, like when,
1: let's say, Ashley killed her first coyote and her first deer, and chances that. I'd rather be on those hunts with them killing them, not just because they're family, but I've been on plenty of hunts with non-family members, kids taking them up to Uncle Lavor's place and letting them hunt on the ranch, you know, and them killing their first deer. And to see that smile yeah. of that first-time hunter, uh, that's way more satisfying to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I and yes, I still want to kill myself, and I'm still in that in that stage of my life. But even today, still... I'd I'd love to take people hunting, you know, yeah. showing them all the stuff that I learned from my dad, yeah. and and being yeah. a true c- conservation steward to hunter steward of the land, and that I mean that goes from little tips and tricks of don't crest over the mountain when you know don't you walk to the, the truck door, don't slam your truck door, <laughs> you know, after you get done walking a mile up the mountain, stop and take a you know catch your breath before you go over the top of the ridge. Just little things like that, you know, that you want to. Uh, pass on right it's like a lost language basically if you if you stop mentoring like passing and, and, on your heritage yeah and and that gives me great you know thrill in my life to to be able to do that because i i've seen the smiles on people's faces young and old
0: i guess it yeah i mean it's a different way to look at it as far as bow hunting and rifle. Right? I, I mean you could start out and just you know that's a very difficult way to harvest an animal but why not start at the start at the top, so to speak, you know? And like you said, you, if you're okay with not actually being successful, but learning, what better way to learn than to have five tough days? You know yeah. what I mean? Those are the ha, try and go stock in on one and have to get to sixty yards, and that's how you learn, right? That, but that dang, I, mean- I shut I shut the truck door too hard. I stepped on a branch. I you know i i'm in the wind wrong i i'm over the you know crest of the hill when i'm not ready having those failures is a lot of the times how you learn if you don't have yeah you know, but you, you, you want to eventually get you want to get something get man. something and that's where i like with with
1: big game versus small game and even predator hunting you know a lot of people have a bad uh you know they think they're dogs right they got that mentality of if if you not really educated on people predator hunting um but small game and stuff like predators there there's so many opportunity big game right you work your butt off all year round clint you know you're hiking you're carrying all the the weight you're getting in shape for months you're shooting you're doing all this and the hunt's over in one pull the trigger you're done right where small game You can kill six a day, or or seven ducks a day, or chuck you know every day. Two month season. You you can be successful on those little uh, and and start there. Butchering an animal um, is going to come right, but you. I think success is because success breeds success, right? You want them to be successful to 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 feel that joy of why we're doing it, and then take that home and and eat it. Um, and and provide for whoever. Um, so I think success, like you're talking about, is I think probably more important than the failure to start. Big because I, yeah, I would it rather just depends you, on your mentality. Really. I'd rather you get into it and like it and be successful. And and yes, failure is going to come to maybe killing your biggest deer sure. or you know things like that versus straight
0: out being unsuccessful for five ten years to try to learn your craft better. Um, well, and and processing an animal as far as you know field dressing, there is no, no. There's no better way to learn than to do it, and and most people are not going to let you, you know, field dress their animal for them. You know, I, I mean, I'll happily let anyone do mine, but you know, you got to get one down, and and I've always you know, I've always thought the same thing. You know, kids, youth tag, they should fill right. They should fill so you can teach them how to field dress an animal that way when they, you know, they might hunt with their dad for 10 years, Yeah. but if dad's always doing it or, you know, you've never got one, then you want to go out on your own. You don't know how to do it. 100%. And It's not something you just instinctually just learn eat. how to do. You, yeah. you, you someone to do has it. to show you. And more importantly, you got to do it yourself. You know, you got to, you've got to, and that's why I think, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be successful, successful to you. do
1: and, and, and to be small game even, I mean, or, or predator hunting. Yes. You know, if you understand why you're predator hunting, it's a year round thing, right? So you can be, you could, you have more opportunity. It's not a one pull the trigger deal and you can skin out a coyote. You're not, you know, you're not going to butcher them basically, but you're still going to get used to maybe blood. You're going to skin out, how out that flesh hide comes, comes off, off all, the all, that stuff. Groups, all that stuff, um, and, and you know, ducks and chucker and all those stuff, you can get in there and you cut off the meat and you can butcher them and it's more apt to be successful. I think success off the start especially when you're young that's why kids um you know if if you always lose you're going to probably quit the sport you know when you're first trying you know or you know, i just think success breeds more success and and wanting to do it right off then yes failure you can get better at your craft and do all that stuff but i think right at the start you start with something that you can be successful at and get them on being successful, then go from there.
0: Yeah.
1: Which
2: right. we've always been, you know, big proponents. So that's where the predator hunting comes in. Cause it's, you know, something that you can do for a lengthy period of time throughout the year. And, uh, you're going to have a lot of misses and those kinds of things, but it will give you an opportunity to be successful at a much higher rate and you, hone. you can only harvest one mule deer kind of thing. So, you yeah. know, so it's a good predator hunting. Like we've been talking about for years is a great way to start in, yeah. in this con, in the context of this conversation, a, a kid that's getting into it for the first time mm-hmm. and that adult that's never hunted before. Um, and the reason that you're doing it, you're going to learn how predator and prey and game animal management comes into it. you're yep. probably going to buy into really what we do, why we do it. Yeah. you know, in the right way because well, you're, you're, you're know you managing. If you love Bambi, you know, and that's the way you were raised and all that kind of stuff and you would never kill Bambi's dad, you know, if you get into predator hunting, you start to realize that that's the reason you're doing it is to have all of those game animals be plentiful for everybody to enjoy even if they're not hunting. Yeah. If they're going yeah, up yeah, to Yosemite and, and they want to take pictures of them so it's, you know, it's, it's full circle.
1: I think that another, I mean, obviously this is a little bit further once you get into it, but you want to not only be successful that that success comes with um you know doing your own part as far as you just don't want to get a gun never shoot it go out there kill an animal wound it you know track it down you want to be successful in the right way as being as as respectful to the animal as possible right you want to be able very proficient with your gun or your bow or whatever. You don't want to see that animal suffer because if that's what happens right off your you might go, "Oh, this is I don't want to do that." Something you so don't want to t- see. So you, even today, I hate when you make a bad shot on anything, right? You're suffering and they're, if they're not dispatched right away, I hate that feeling. Um so part of becoming a hunter is being proficient and educating yourself and learning the best you can. Um to be the most, you know, give that animal the respect that it deserves uh, yeah.
0: when you do kill it. What comes to my mind is not rushing into what we're talking about. I mean, it, could you go buy a gun and go buy a hunting license and do your hunter safety and go right out into the field and spot a deer mm-hmm. at 500 yards and lava shot at it? You, you probably could. Yeah. And, and I mean, unfortunately, I think that some people, that That is how they started that you know what I mean like they didn't know where to turn, especially you know back in the day information free flowing as it is now, you don't really have an excuse for what I just talked about, but back in the day, there's only so many books that you're gonna read you know videos aren't readily available and videos don't help you you know don't always help you, but you know there are people that that's probably how they learned right they they bought it they got their hunter safety, they bought a deer rifle they happened to cross one and they shot it and and it didn't go right, but maybe, you know, they were able to harvest it and they figured it out and then they learned from that experience. But today there's, you don't have to learn like that. I don't think, you know what I mean? And I think you you owe it to yourself and to our sport, not to do it that way. Uh, But but unfortunately that's a lot of the ways that, and I've seen it even at my age, you know, people that go out and, you know, they they shoot ducks and then they don't know what to do, right? You you shoot a chucker and then you don't know what to do because yep. it's not you don't know what to do with a dead animal unless someone's taught you. And and it's awesome that people get into it and they want to get into it and they want to learn and all that stuff, but they don't take the time to learn and they're just gung ho to be out there on opening day and you shoot your first duck and then
1: well,
0: then then you throw it away, right? You, you, well, I, I, don't I don't even don't... know how to get the feathers off of this thing. <laughs> And and I start to pull the feathers and now there's 4 million feathers and they're all over my garage. My wife's going to kill me. Screw it. Throw it in the trash. Yeah. But I shot a duck and, you know, it's awesome. That's not the way that you want your experience to go. I promise obviously, you. It, obviously with what we do with the foul life, right?
1: And everything else that we do, we try to educate as much as possible and we show butchering and, and cooking and cleaning and um, that's one way to learn, right? But I, But you still have to do it first of all. So uh, another thing, like when you, if you don't have a mentor um, to get you and be able to go out with you, say, um, o- on your own, right? Or with them, go go with a guide, yeah. you know, go 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 get a guide that's going to take you out in the field, show you how to decoys set up, show you how to do this, show you how to do that and tell them, right? Say, I'm coming, be just up front. I'm coming with you. I'm a first time hunter. I need to learn. I've learned this. I've done, a, you know, I've kind of, Learn with a guy at home who's taught me gun safety. I've done all this stuff, and be up front with the guide um, or outfitter. It's a great point. And and, and say, hey, I want to learn. I'm here to learn. Please, I'm please, fee. I'm paying the fee. Please help me do it. I want to learn decoy setup. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, and I remember specifically, ten years ago, eight ten years ago, me and Clint on the river hunting ducks and however far down there was this guy you know blasting and everything 80 yards in the air and and we went over there and we're like at first you're like kind of pissed
2: like clay what? was 100 percent calm from the very beginning
1: <laughs> <Negative>. <laughs> yeah but i'm like you, either you're you don't know what you're doing and that could be either you're new or you're just you're just you know just trying to kill something at 80 yards would be cool, or whatever it is, right? But you're you don't realize you're either ruining the animal. They're getting a BB in them and they're flying off 200 yards and dying a miserable death. Um, and you're not doing it right, right? So I remember walking over there and specifically saying, "Come over." What, you you knew you we were there for the and you and you say you don't know what you're doing in your first learning. Come over, say whatever. I want to learn. Sit down and talk with us. Come over and hunt with us. Set up with us. I even told him. I said, "Come over and hunt with us," but stop shooting at ducks at eighty yards. Did you really do this? One hundred percent. So right I on. have
2: a few things to add to the story.
0: <laughs> I like to hear which I here. think
2: are kind of funny. Yeah. It's and it, it, we've talked about this off the podcast, but when you think something is a certain time frame, double it.
1: Has it been that long?
2: No, just that's my general. At (laughs) forty-five years old, when I'm thinking back, and I don't care if it's something that was just a few weeks ago, but certainly when it's past tense years, Clay thought that was about eight years ago. Hmm. Fifteen, you think? Uh, Double it, double it. Long before, almost uh, twenty years ago. But anyways, yeah, and um, and it was heated, you know, and both people have guns, you know, loaded guns and unloaded guns and this kind of stuff. And it was heated. Clay, Clay was hot under the collar because they, they really messed our hunt up. But it was a really, it's a very cool learning experience. Cause this guy, this guy was in, um, desert storm, uh, camo. He looked like he was going to go on a military op versus duck hunting. So you knew he was a newbie. He was but he had an ego. Clay had his, you know, thought process and, in a span of I'd say a half hour, it went from almost a fight to dude, I'm hunting with you. Yeah. Like, it was a really it was one of those really cool experiences where that guy, I think, in 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 you know, you read each other and you know, your blood pressure comes down a little bit and you, you step back for a moment. And the guy went from I mean it was gonna be Wanted a Wanting to use the I military camo mind. for another reason. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was it was a really neat experience because by the end of that conversation, we were all friends. We we're exchanging numbers and names mm. and all this kind of stuff, and he really wanted to, you know, he really was able, he was able to, because sometimes that's the thing with with men, especially you're putting your ego aside. Yeah. But the guy finally dropped that that macho kind of thing and realized, you know what, this guy probably knows what he's talking about, and it was it was the exact opposite when we left, shaking hands and and it probably appreciates you appreciating each other because the guy, he didn't know how to hunt. That was the bottom line. He just did not know how to hunt. He didn't know how to shoot either, but you can't shoot a 12 gauge shotgun at 80 yards at a bird and expect it to fall. And, uh, you know, just the idea that there were other people on that river system that were hunting and you're screwing it up for them. So it just, yeah, it was, you could go into detail about that conversation and it's been 15 years ago and I can pretty vividly remember the people that were there and the really, Hot under the collar. Yeah. And, I mean, it got to where you were kind of like, all right, maybe we just need to leave right now. But it eh, simmered down a little bit and it turned into a very educational experience. Who knows where that guy's right now? But I'll bet you he, if he's still hunting, I would, I would hope. He I hunts, hope he is. You know, and he probably he, he learned a valuable lesson that day. And I think we learned a valuable lesson too, because that's been a long time ago that they're, not everybody out there knows what they're doing. Right. Yeah. You know, and we don't know what we're doing to a certain level, you know. So there's always something you can learn. From, from, from a hunter, you know, what? you know, as, as experienced as you might be, I guarantee you there's somebody who's way more experienced oh, than you. Is. So, you yeah. know, it it is a sport, an activity where people have loaded guns and sometimes that's just enough of a barrier where you're not going to go approach somebody. But in my experiences, you can approach a, an outdoorsman and they're just about the most gracious, yeah. you know wanting to share knowledge with people as much as, I mean, like I said, they're not going to share like the old old American way, you know, so there's no reason they're not going to share their
1: favorite spot to hunt. They're not going to show you their best coyote stand or where they kill the biggest, whatever deer.
2: At the end of the day, we don't want to get shot, right? We don't want to have somebody out there that doesn't know what they're doing Exactly. and have one of these stories you hear on the news where somebody gets shot by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. We want to, we want to be safe in the outdoors. We want to, to kind of have a general idea that somebody else out there that, that's doing it is doing it somewhat the right way. I'll
1: would tell s- you. I was just, sorry, I would say most, I don't know the number, but I would most, whatever that is, hunters would be willing to share their knowledge to up to the point of their favorite spots.
0: Oh, yeah. Eventually.
1: Yeah, 100%. We, if you uh, come and ask me a question about what camo should I get, yeah, I'm going to recommend this. Or, uh, hey, how do I start this? Yes, how do I do this? Where do I start? I'm gonna give you all that information. I'm gonna I'm gonna even invite you to come hunting to show that.
0: Um But I think most hunters would do that. We were uh we were hunting public, duck hunting public, you know, this probably ten years ago, so maybe twenty. Twenty. No, uh I doubled it on purpose. No. Um and you know, we got out and and you know, public land hunting, we were there early. And a couple dudes came in, and and we could hear them throwing their decoys in the dark. You could kind of see their headlights flashing and stuff. And uh, the sun came up, and and the ducks wanted to be with us, you know. And we were shooting, and these dudes were, you know, you could tell they were getting frustrated. The dude walked over. I forget his name now, but you know, a, a similar but different story. And he's like, "Hey, just two of you over here," and we're like, "Yeah." And he's like. Can we come sit like on this other side? Like you know, obviously all the ducks want to be over here. We were intending to hunt where you guys were at. We just didn't get up early enough. Yep. We're like, yeah, but pull your spread, you know, <laughs> and then come over here. And dude, they did that. They pulled all their decoys in, threw them into the freaking toolies, came over. Did you kill another? Duck.
1: Did you kill another duck?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. No, <laughs> Should have uh, left the spread because the ducks were like, that spread looks like crap. Right there's the shit. And- <laughs> no, but it was like you know, we're not you know, in a way we're competing with each other in a way, but, but like you said, most hunters, if you're cool about it, yeah. you know, Hey, the dude was 10 minutes later. We've had times where guys will walk right in and set up, like you said, you know, 20 yards away from you and sky blast everything. And, and it makes it a bad scenario, yeah. you know, where these guys were like, Hey, they realize there's only two of them over there. We can all four hunt on that point. Yes. That, that's
1: the thing about hunting. Hunting is because of social media. It has become the most jaded. Look at me. I kill the the most, the biggest, the whatever. And if people would just relax, chill out, a duck's brain, a deer's brain, a turkey's brain is the size of a freaking pea. You ain't cool sitting in a tree stand killing. You know, they don't look up. There's no danger to a deer. Yes. I'm not bad mouthing hunting. But I'm saying you got to take the ego, ego out of it, yeah. And if you're gracious enough, just to go, this, we're, we're not entitled to this, you know. We, we're just out here providing for our family, and take that ego out of hunting. In today's society, like I said, I wish social media did not exist. But um, just join a you know join a camp, join a conservation group, and learn the real reasons to, to why we're doing it, and take that ego out of it. And if you do, like you're saying, if you, you get up, you see the biggest deer in your life on a camping trip, and you get that tag, and then opening day, you're up there, <clears throat> and there's somebody already up that mountain. Walk away. Go
0: somewhere. Walk get away. Get up earlier next time. Get up what? earlier.
1: You know, it's there's little things like that to be ethical. There's so many thing, little things like that that... Etiquette. I'm not Ethics going to go etiquette. up there and try to screw this guy so I can put this picture on my Instagram page to be cool. I'd rather have the best hunt in the world with my son or my uncle or my best friend or whoever and kill a forking horn than go up there and try to compete and, and fight over a deer. I mean, yeah. it's in the end of the day, it's a deer. So take the ego out of it. You want to be successful. You want to take a mature animal, yes, and all that stuff. But take the ego out of it and, and go, man, If I'm in the wrong or I need to learn a little bit more or I need to do this, do it. Do do ethical hunting and get back to the way our dads did it where it, blue jeans and a and a corduroy wow. shirt and, <laughs> and you have, you know, it's just, I think social media has got every aspect of our world screwed up because you're either the the best at it or trying to be the best or you don't have any friends and you're trying to get there. And I, uh, and I think you just need to take the ego out of it and get back to the basics and, and
0: do it for the right reasons. My brother was just—he's uh, got a bighorn sheep tag this year and he was down number there two and
1: you didn't get kind of,
0: any. You <laughs> really are just trying to push my brother, uh, and so he's you know he's out scouting this weekend and I guess he ran it in, bumped into a guy that uh, was actually from Reno, this is down in Vegas, and uh, guys. Yeah, I got a U tag, which is already open, apparently. And uh, he says, yeah, I haven't seen anything, you know. And uh, my brother, well, I saw some, you know, back down the road up on the mountain, you know. Some U's. He said, yeah, he said, let's go back over. The ram tag's not open yet. He said, we'll go back over there and see if they're still there. They drove over there, you know, and sure enough, they're still there. My brother's like, if you want some help, I'll go with you. You know, the guy's by himself. Guy's like, yeah, love it. So my brother just was out for a day scouting for his own Ram tag and or his Ram tag. And this kid, you know, had a U tag and just to say, oh, I'll go help you. Hikes up the mountain with him, you know, ultimately they didn't get one. Uh, but, you know, that's that camaraderie. That's yeah. the, that's the notion the heart of the, of the hunting it's, it's, that it should be, you know, it's like my brother could have spent his whole day scouting. Yep. Instead, he, you know, he's going to help a guy look for his U. I mean, maybe my brother happens across a big old Ram doing that. Maybe he doesn't, maybe, yep. but you know, that's just. That 's the general feeling you should have when you go out in the in the you know woods quotation marks around it uh yep. to go hunting you know and i everybody's life would be a little bit easier if we all behaved that way you know it's just a it's a more enjoyable everybody experience. would buy
1: it's, one roll of toilet paper
0: right exactly <laughs> if you use one large pack of Costco per year, you did not need to buy ten. <laughs> What are those people doing with that toilet paper right Selling now? Selling it on eBay Marketplace? Are they really? I don't know, but what else do you do? Because you
1: don't, you can't put it in your closet with the 10,000 pounds of water and beans and rice and vinegar rice. that you bought too. How much vinegar do you have at your house? Uh, probably about gallons. F- four gallons of white and about five gallons of apple cider. So you're not
0: hoarding it? No.
1: I use it every night.
0: <laughs> what uh, – to get a little bit back on track <laughs> sorry <laughs> Clint how would you go about if you, if you couldn't find someone to help you butcher an animal not butcher process field dress what would you do what, what would be your how would you learn to field dress an animal video would you go on YouTube? If, if you can't
1: go with somebody into yeah. the field. And, you don't and have learn, that option. You don't have that option. Yeah. I mean, today's
2: technology, great, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is is definitely a good living <laughs> source for sure. You YouTube
0: get, everything. I mean. I, it's different when I, you get into it. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, if you're one of those guys listening,
2: it is 100% different than anything. 100 But if you want to really get your hands on something, my suggestion is go down and buy a whole chicken. You know, and take it apart. Good point. You'll find yeah. out where the joints are. Buy a whole fish. You know. Yep, whatever, great, whatever buy, it is buy but a just, pit, you know,
1: buy a go but don't go, go buy, buy the,
2: the frozen bag of 20 chicken breasts at Costco and you know I think that goes back to what you guys were talking about earlier you know you just like experiencing something you know that that's on the the shelf at the store and maybe that's part of it you just you don't out of sight, know out of how mind. that got there kind of stuff but if you really are interested in it Go buy a whole, go buy, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, go, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of us actually have that kind of experience. You just might not actually extrapolate it out and and, and put it into a, a, a mule deer, a game animal or something. But I don't know if you've never been involved in the kitchen there when it's Thanksgiving coming up here. Get involved with that turkey. Pull, like the, tur- pull the pull little turkey. gizzards and liver it out of the... Go buy the, a pig. Go uh, buy a... Yeah, and start cutting the thing up. Chicken's a good thing. It's so cheap, you screw it up. Who cares? But, you know, you'll start to find out because generally speaking, anatomy's pretty darn close no matter what the animal is. It's got two wings and two feet or four four legs. And it's gen- the heart's generally in the same spot. The rib cage is generally in the same spot. So, I mean, it could be something yeah. like that or bring yourself back to your seventh grade class where you guys you know your biology class the where you took the, the frog. frog apart or you know <laughs> some schools they got to do a little guinea pig or whatever i did a cat in high school the, i got the cat too yeah the cat but um you know and then you don't have to deal with the formaldehyde smell but Ugh. yeah go, go buy go buy a little two or three pack of chickens and that's a great way to learn how to use a knife make sure you don't cut your finger off and you know i that's the best way to prepare there's no way youtube anything video wise is going to have its limitation right Especially cause a lot of that stuff is that's somebody who really knows what they're doing. And I find myself doing this all the time. Man, that looks easy. You know, oh, shoot, man, that DIY thing on YouTube. I can go out yeah. there and do that. And you get out there, and you go, Holy crap, that uh, I got the wrong wrench, you know, I, uh, or something. But yeah, do it, do it your, look at the video on YouTube. Get, see if, see if you get a general handle on it and go out and put a knife to something real world.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I still learn stuff, butchering, right. And 100%. I've butchered a lot of animals, um, I used to, and I'm sure we all did, gut everyone on the mountain, right? I remember it was my so first deer when I first d- deer when I was 12 years old, and even before that, like you're saying, seeing deer with my dad and brothers kill their deer and antelope and all that stuff. Excuse me, um, gutted everyone on the mountain. I remember riding my deer basically down when I was 12 when I killed it killed it in the snow, and I basically didn't even have to carry it take you right to the canyon where he killed it. And 12 years old, almost sat on the deer's back and slid down the mountain with it. A little red. Um, But it was gutted. But if you now learn the gutless method, right, that you, uh, that I've learned now, it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. No, you know, you can get in there after the fact and get the heart and stuff like that. If you want it, if you're that kind of guy, um, or lady who wants to eat, eat the the gizzards and, and the of the chickens and the and the chucker and all that stuff and the heart and the liver, the liver and all right. that stuff. So be it. You can gut them, but if you are not that guy, then the gutless method. Learn that method. Learn you know learn both methods. You know can uh, can you get
2: can you get so gutless method? Can yeah. you get to the heart without without? Cutting. Can you harvest the heart and leave the guts alone?
1: Yeah. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent.
2: So. Right, so that's I mean that's the, the if next you, question. If you're good at feeling so really, around, at what anatomy <laughs> is only well, it's in a different cavity, so you don't have to be in the yeah. guts to get yeah, in yeah. that heart. But, you, but you're by the lungs. If you and want and the liver, you know some people are liver people. So if you want the liver, you, you, you got to get in you're there. You're gonna have to gut the animal. But if
1: yeah. you want the heart and and nothing else, you can get above it even with you know. But learning the gutless method and and learning how to quarter something on the mountain, um, and you got to decide if you're going to right mount it or not. So if you're not mounting it, it's real easy. Mm-hmm. Um, mounting it, you got to be able to, you know, ask your taxidermist where he likes it, how much um, hide he wants for his mounts and stuff like that, um, and how to do that. But as far as quartering it and getting it off the mountain versus carrying a whole animal out, it's, I mean, it's tenfold easy, oh, easier yeah.
0: to do it that way. And you're so, not, and you're not, you know, you're not losing meat. Exactly, a lot of people have that misconception. That you you can get the rib meat. You can get you can get everything. Yeah. You can get you're not missing anything yeah. by not gutting them. Yeah. But a lot of people have that misconception, you know. And, and you know, I used to take every chucker I ever killed and every duck, and I'd pluck them all and you know whole birds. But I learned how to do you know breasting chucker and breasting yeah. ducks. And there's no waste on anything. There's else. no waste, <laughs> and 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 you're not plucking and all that. You know, yeah, it, it's a, you could, you, I hope that we're all going to constantly learn. Learning's half oh, of the yeah. fun of, you know, you're never going to master hunting. Yeah. There, there's going to be something new for you every time you go. You might get, you watch that guy on YouTube, speaking of YouTube can, you know, feel, dress that, Deer hanging up in a minute and thirty seconds, it'd be yeah. it'd be cool to get to be that point, but that's obviously a very controlled environment, and it's you know like that's sharp a, that's a knife. sharp knife, hanging by a its, dull knife its is feet. a dangerous yeah. knife. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> Do you? you'll, you're, you'll find you all you first time hunters hanging a an animal mm-hmm. in the field, it does not come easy, or unless you got your homemade Orville uh, gimbal set up, <laughs> you, you ain't getting them off the ground. <laughs> At least in Nevada, we don't have trees,
1: <laughs> so we've come down to the consensus that mentorships are the biggest thing regardless of if you're five years old or 35 or 55 years old mentorship uh ask questions call up i mean i remember it's not having to do with hunting but i remember when we first got into duck and goose calling we would call phil Robertson and tim grounds every day hey hey how's my feed chuckle how's my hail call and you'd sound like ass and nope here put your tongue like this, do this, like this, hold your air like this, do this. And they're teaching it. So we didn't bring it up, but call companies, call up Realtree, call up Primos, call up these companies that are in the hunting industry, because if they know that if they help you out, you're gonna be a lifelong customer, right? Mm-hmm. There's a mutual benefit, benefit for them helping you, but calling up companies, I, I was gonna say this early on, but calling up hunting companies, a lot they'll they'll sit there and talk to you for a long time oh yeah and reach out to your
0: favorite personality you see on the outdoor channel i mean odds are if you shoot a message to chad or clay or freaking michael waddell you'll get an answer probably i mean you if you're on
1: twitter you don't know how michael waddell is very gracious people will tag him or do this and he responds to basically everyone um so yeah just reach out, ask mentorships. Um, all that stuff is, is the way to do it. Um, and learn, don't just go out there and and go gung ho, learn and try it out a little bit. Start a small game. I would say, learn the craft, learn the guns. And, and if you're going to do it, do it for the right ethical reasons. And this will, it'll be
0: awesome for everybody. I think, got you, it? I think you could have a much longer multi-part, you know, segment series of this, you know, I think we people, should, people are thirsting for the knowledge. People want to get involved. It's hard for us to tell you where to start. Let's where to work be.
1: on, let's work on finding somebody who's just into hunting an older person, not a young person because they don't have the, um, you know j maybe jaded information or thoughts about it in the news and stuff let's try to find somebody that's just getting into hunting maybe a year or two and see what they did and stuff like yeah. that
0: got it we'll get back to you with more <laughs> in the interim if you're a seasoned vet like us you look towards that meet your maker i was going to say line. first
1: of all drop your ego and help somebody get into hunting and then after that be successful. And give
0: me your favorite spots, dang it. <laughs> and if you're out there on the Truckee River and you run into Clay, come ask to hunt. <laughs> Not to say I'm good at all, but don't set
1: up, three 20, years ago. Yard, don't set up 20 yards <laughs> from me. Clay was 17 and was, 17, at was yards. still at McQueen High when that happened. Yeah. Hey, all, uh, Hall of Famer, bud. Mr. Washoe County. Three I'm time.
0: <laughs> Gatorade right, player of the week.
1: Uh, be good to the people out there.
0: Be good to yourself. See you.